Welcome to the Shooting the Cue podcast, presented by Heat Riles Barbecue, with tips, tricks, and an inside look with some of the top pitmasters in the game. Now here's your host, Heath Riles. How's it going, everybody? We're joined today, my lovely bride, Candace, and our good friend, Nick Wofolk. How are you doing today, Nick? I'm doing well, Heath. So happy to uh, be here with you in Kansas today. Talk a little cue. Man, ain't nothing like shooting the cue, man. So tell everybody who you are and kind of about your team and how you got started in barbecue. Good deal, good deal. So my name is Nick Wolfolk. I'm uh, from Senatobia, Mississippi, and uh, I'm the the head man at the Great Pig in the Sky competitive barbecue team. We focus on the Memphis Barbecue Network. Um, but I also do a lot of other things. Been around barbecue my whole life. Uh, I like to say that I grew up in it, if you will. I've been around since I was eight or nine years old and – as y'all know, that kind of puts years on you. I'm still a little bit younger, but I feel a whole lot older. I know that. Um, but, yeah, so great pig in the sky. We were founded in 2019. And really and truly, I'd been around barbecue my whole life. And uh, I'd been with Natural Born Grillers and John Wheeler. He had taught me a lot of what I know. And uh, my dad was a part of that team. That's how kind of I got in the mix. And uh, as I was getting older, you know, I was wanting more of my friends to kind of get into it, right, to kind of, kind of capture what I enjoyed so much about it. And the really crazy thing is we used to do this thing called the cold weather camp out on the Mississippi River. Every first weekend of February, right after the Super Bowl, we'd go and we'd camp out over the weekend on the river. It'd be freezing cold. We'd build a fire. We'd cook, barbecue, all that stuff. And I was usually the barbecue guy, right? So as we were getting older and we were getting kind of towards our junior and senior years of college, I unfortunately had uh, started my career in barbecue at that point. I wasn't in college anymore, but I still hung out and had a good time. Uh, we were trying to find a way to continue to hang out with each other, right? We wanted to be able to still do it. And we got this funny idea. We were like, let's go cook Cleveland Oktoberfest in Mississippi, Cleveland Oktoberfest. A contest had been around forever. Uh, a lot of my friends were from that area that I had met through college. And we were like, well, let's, cook, let's give this a go. So me and two other guys founded the Great Pig in the Sky, Blake Gibson and Thomas Coopwood, both are Cleveland Rural natives. And uh, we went to that first contest, and Heath, you were there. Uh, y'all were actually beside us. I'm going to go ahead and apologize about that because uh, we were loud, rambunctious, and we thought about everything but having a good time and not a bunch about, much about the barbecue. And a lot of them didn't have Is much. that not what you're supposed to do with your first contest? That's true. That's true, yeah. And, and we had a great time. And what was funny was, you know, I'd been friends with these guys and I'd cooked, and but they didn't really know, like, how much I was involved with barbecue and the, you know, the, the people I came from and how, you know, important or how much I knew and knowledge of the game. So when we go and we're having this good time, you know, we turn out at the next day on Saturday, we end up doing pretty good. So Y'all that, won the contest, right? We didn't win the contest. So we double final. We won final, the next year. We won the next year. And uh, everybody was bought in at that point. They were like, let's rock and roll. Let's do this. This is really fun. It just takes one trophy. It's all, it's all it takes. It's all it takes. The third place hog, and it was it was locked in. So uh, I remember that hog. Yeah. That's the first time I'd seen you actually cutting the blanket off the hog and doing like a bacon weave on it. And are y'all still doing the bacon weave on top of the hog? Not anymore, no. We, we're still kind of that same. We're still skinning it. Uh, we like to call it the Mississippi River style because of – uh, another team that had used to do it were kind of close to the Mississippi River as well. So, and that's kind of where our team started. So, that's our little shtick. Um, we still do it like that. No more bacon weave. Bacon got too expensive. So, now we, uh, now we find other ways to insulate that loin. So, man, I, I do remember that. Uh, y'all were on a lot of borrowed equipment 
and uh, and had a real good time down there at Cleveland. Yeah, all of our smokers were on the ground. So we had it rain, didn't it? Didn't it, it did. Come it did rain, and one of our buddies on the junkyard in Cleveland. So we were like, "How are we going to get this hawk smoker off this trailer onto our site?" So he's like, "Oh, Judson Brown's the guy's name." He was like, "Man, I got you." He comes down about five minutes later with a forklift to <laughs> unload the smoker and uh, onto the grass at, for that weekend. And uh, from that point on, we vowed to be a concrete team asphalt. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I give y'all my spot because I knew it was raining the forecast. And I didn't know I was giving it up to y'all, but I moved over a spot. Do you remember? That's right. That? I on do the, remember on that. the pavement. Yep. And you said, I know why you move now. And I said, <laughs> well, I mean, it floods this spot. Right exactly. Here. Exactly. You remember that year, baby? It got so deep right there. I do. I mean, it was over your ankles, like if you had boots on, right? Yep. It was yep. pretty high. And Tracy said he had watched the tent all night. It was a brand new tent we had at Cleveland. And I got there, and of course, water was about to, about to crash the tent. It had mm-hmm. so much water in it, you know, about to crash down the top. Yep. Good old Firemaster Beaver. That's right. That's right. That's my one of my favorite contests, though. I love that contest. It's it, a great one. It is. Cleveland is by far. but I do miss that one. We can always do it again. You know, I'll go down there. It's a super special one for us. I mean, we think of that as like, you know, to where you, Heath, and Candace, y'all probably think of Spring Fest as like y'all's home contest, right? Where your friends come, stuff like that. Cleveland's kind of our home contest. A lot of our team members, I mean, the original team, we had like 20 people. Which, as y'all know, that that kind of withers away as you, get, as you get more and more serious. But yeah. at the time, you know, and we there were mostly people from Cleveland, and uh, and basically, you know, you just paid a little money, you got a t shirt, and we drank a whole lot of beer that weekend. So you used to do the Big, Big Apple Block Party also with John David and Natural Born Grillers, and then it converted mm-hmm. over to Memphis Barbecue Company when him and Melissa was partner or still is partners yeah correct uh, yeah and it was still going on y'all done that and then y'all still do some of the q fest right we still do from from time to time uh you know we we've kind of stepped back a little bit with my career kind of jumping off and i've been busy with my work with operation barbecue relief and john is you know kind of got more committed to softball with his youngest daughter and she's you know politics. got some serious <laughs> politics as well so we've kind of taken a step back we had a whole lot of fun though over those years going to those different places and experienced those different things and met a hassle of friends and barbecue family members along the way that i call some of my best friends today and i, I tell people that too me and candace talk about it it's just crazy how going to some of these small towns and like some of the little cafes or or restaurants that we made a tradition to go eat at cleveland actually has one of them yeah, speaking the little of cleveland, that little, is it still there i think it is yes when i don't we remember the name of there. it but you remember when we first started eating there yeah. they didn't even have a cash register you just paid whatever you could pay in, in a basket when you went to leave yep they had prices but if you couldn't afford it all but the gentleman owned it said that's okay he still wants you to eat and just pay what you want to pay. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, people and would make good change food. in the baskets. You remember that? I do. It was wild. But the last time we went there, it wasn't like that yeah, anymore. Yeah, it wasn't like they had a restaurant. But it's still there. <laughs> yeah. Well, College Town and Cleveland's just continued to grow and grow. So, I mean, now yeah. they got, you know, a big high-rise hotel, if you want to call it that, with the, the balcony view over the town of – city of Cleveland, excuse yeah. me. So uh, which, which hotel? A new hotel. Uh, the Cotton House. Oh, yeah, yep. the Cotton House. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. We haven't stayed there. We also stayed there, though. First year it was that Oktoberfest happened, it was there, but that quickly got cut on our budget too when our team got a, got a little bit bigger and we couldn't we couldn't afford you know ten hotel rooms. So what what are we going to see for the future of 
great pick in the sky and or, or just Nick in general, you know, what, what plans do you have right now? So currently, I guess I could back up before I ask that. You currently work for OBR, correct? Correct, correct. I'm a uh, director of culinary, but I'm focused on the disasters disaster division of Operation Barbecue Relief. So in our disaster relief work, I'm typically the one that's planning out our volunteers, working with the other, you know, directors to make sure we're all good, setting a standard, you know, that we've done so well at setting over the past few years of, of uh, food relief. So uh, that's kind of where I'm at and where it is. But I still do a lot of other events with them when they're when I'm needed as well. Yeah, needed. Now, how long have you been with OBR? Well, you've been helping OBR a long time, but you've been working with OBR. So I was uh, – I was a first a volunteer with OBR in 2015 was the first time I ever volunteered with them. And then from there, I became an employee in 2019. Um, and at the time, there was not many employees at all. I believe I was the third one hired, and I think we hired like two or three more in that next year and a half. And uh, we did some really cool things, the Breaking Bread Tour, where we toured all over the country and fed food insecure people all the way from L.A. to Tampa, Florida, a uh, very, very cool story. But uh, then I kind of had taken a, a step back. I had had an opportunity to um, help open a restaurant with a group I used to work for out of New York City. And uh, I moved down to uh, West Palm Beach, Florida to help them out with that. And then this uh, little thing called uh, COVID happened. <laughs> and uh, it put a whole damper on everything. So uh, I ended up back with Operation Barbecue Relief. And uh, going this coming February will be my five years with the organization as an employee. Wow, that is cool. So, what do you have plans of, or what what do you have plans of in the future? Let's for say, are you going to stick with OBR? Are you going to open a restaurant of your own one of these days, or keep on the barbecue trail and just see where it takes you? Well, you know, I think I think there's probably two answers to this question. Uh, first off, obviously, it's been a dream of mine to uh, open a barbecue place of my own. You know, just somewhere that you know, kind of captures the feeling and, and the passion that I have for the barbecue and, and for the fellowship and the whole shooting match, bringing it together, you know. And, and that's the big thing that draws me to barbecue, you know, not so much as the cooking. But when I was a kid and I first got around it, I was more enthralled by the uh, fellowship, by watching my dad and John Wheeler and Ken the Ken Nottinghams and the Chris Birminghams, all of these people who – kind of particularly came from different backgrounds in life, come together and not, you know, being successful cooking, that which they were incredibly successful was one thing, but just watching the fellowship they have for each other, the love they had for each other was really, uh, really yeah. cool to me. And that's something that, you know, with the great pig in the sky, what we tried to capture when we started was, you know, and not that this is a bad thing, but as, as I was seeing, barbecue was changing in front of me from when I was a kid until a young adult. And uh, it was more going to the, you know, uh, you know, not so much husband and wife teams, but the smaller groups. You know, you've got the one-man bands that do it as well. And, and all that's good, but I could never do it like that. That's not, that's not what, what draws me in or how I, yeah. how I go. I like doing it with my friends. I like sharing the successes. I like sharing the losses. I like being able to do it with the people I love and, and just being everybody being a part of it. I mean, nothing like it being a part of a team and actually walking across a big stage. And that brings me to something else. You were the head cook of a team at Memphis in May this year. I know financially y'all couldn't cook it. Mm -hmm. And you got asked to come step up to the plate and be a cook, and you finaled in whole hog this year. We did. At Memphis in May. We did with uh, Barbecue Republic. Fantastic people. That was actually their 30th year down there, too. So it was oh, wow. super, super special to uh, bring that success, something that they had never been a part of before. 
and uh, all come together. It was a super emotional week, <laughs> but something else. It was a hoot for sure. Well, also with with John David, we've had him on, and John Dalton, them winning the whole thing with a rib that we've all chased and <laughs> exactly and done. And you've chased it with John David before, and was years. almost there a couple <laughs> times. And so you know that feeling, but getting that feeling yourself because you've done it and you've done it is. I mean, incredible on that big stage. It's powerful. And, I mean, you know, it It, it takes a team, you know, especially down there. And uh, we, we've kind of found the perfect storm. We had this group of established guys, older guys that had been around the block. They knew Memphis and May. They knew what it took to, to make things happen from – because, you know, the, the, the front of the house is just as important as the back of the house in Memphis. Yeah. I mean, and it's even personified there. So, you know, having that experience there was incredible. And then, you know, taking, taking what we had been working on, you know, in this short period of time, G-Pits had, had came together and, and, and putting it down there on the river. And, you know, I think a lot of it is last year we cooked it for the first time as our team, the Great Pig in the Sky. And we didn't do as well as we wanted to do. We, we were, you know, fair. We had a great hog. It just didn't turn out, you know. But we took it so seriously. We were so, like, ingrained into wanting to do good and wanting to think. And Can't we, do that. And we, and we couldn't do it. And we said to ourselves this year is, you know what, like, you know, we're going to take in this moment that we've got right now. We're going to do our thing. We're going we're gonna to cook these hogs. And, you know, however it shakes out, it shakes out. And it just so happened that that little relaxation – that little bit of just you know taking the stress off and lowering lowering the shoulders a little bit made a made a world of difference for us and we yeah. found ourselves in an opportunity to do something special and we still did we were a little short but you know for our second year out there as a as a group as a team you know for for our core group I, I I'd say you can't beat that I completely understand what you're saying because like this year for me after winning first place rib last year and going back down there, I did feel like I have a ton of weight on my back and pressure. And you know how it is down there with people coming by your booth and congratulating you still from the year before. Oh, yeah. This and that. And and we were we swung hard. I mean hard. And to be less than a quarter of a point away from a perfect score and be ninth place, I can't be mad. No. I mean, how can you – I mean, we won our table. We done our job. We just didn't shake out with that other fraction of a point. I mean, cooking ribs at I mean, Memphis and May is like going to the casino almost. <laughs> I mean, you gotta. I mean, you gotta. You well, gotta. I told your... people I'm a long shot guy. Yeah. I want to be the the guy that comes out of the dark, and I've done it at a lot of places, and done it with meat that you know ribs that shouldn't have won a contest, and mm -hmm. done it. And I, you know, and now I got. I'm questioning myself. Should I go back to my Almighty shoulder at Memphis, or should I keep cooking a rib? <laughs> but I'm going to keep blowing that rib. I'm going to keep cooking it. I love it, and uh, I'm going to keep cooking a rib down there. Do you think it's going to continue to be downtown Tom Lee Park? Lord, I hope so. Uh -huh. um, you know, I and I was talking to a good friend the other day, and we were having the conversation about Memphis in May and how I felt it went. And I was like, well, first off, um, when you do good down there, that takes a lot of the little headaches and the little things that, you know, you might have wanted to complain about or be mad about. That kind of gets thrown out the window. You can't really say much bad about it. But I will say I thought the uh, the logistics, the load-in, load-out process for us in the Hawk division was 
seamless. We didn't really have a problem getting loaded in, loaded out. I mean, it was really nice. Um, and I loved it being back down on the river. I'm yeah. a huge proponent of it being on the river. It's just something about it that's a special. It's the aura around that park on Saturday morning that I don't think you can quite capture anywhere else. I agree. In, I agree. in general. I mean, you know, I've been fortunate to go to the American Royal and do that and the Houston Livestock Rodeo, but none of it compares to Saturday morning. You going at, to Jack? Uh, I'm not, actually. That's the same weekend as Cleveland Oktoberfest. Oh, man. I know. I know. Um, I feel like that's the closest feeling, in my opinion, that being at the Jack is a close feeling. I I believe it. And and the reason, so this is going to sound crazy, but I always said to myself that when I – when we do go to the Jack or I go to the Jack or have the opportunity that, you know, I want it to be on our own merit. I want to bring, I want to bring the band G pits up there, you know, and uh, I love Shane and love, love John. And, you know, I'm, you know, I hate that I'm missing out on that opportunity because you know, what's crazy is at Memphis in May, especially, and I hate to keep bringing it up, but it was so cool because even though we might've got second place whole hall, it was like we all won. Because, you know, of the time that I'd spent with Shane working for him in New York and in Florida. And, you know, the relationships I'd built with uh, Lauren Hirschberg, another guy, Adam, all those guys, Johnny from from Ridiculous, you know. And just them having that special moment was just as near as special to me as, you know, our moment, you know. Now, am I going to sit here and say that I'm not disappointed we got second place all hog? Absolutely not. That That's not the point. We, we were we were really, you know, we wasn't disappointed. We were happy we were there, but we wish we would have had that little last little shake at it. Um, but it was just so cool, so so special. And I hate that I'm not going to get to continue that, that special run or that, you know, grand tour that they're having. But, you know, I know they're going to have a good time and it's going to be great for them. Yeah, we're actually going to be at the Jack. Oh, nice. Um, he uh, he said something to me about it. I said, yeah, you got a big trip coming up for the Jack now. And he's like, yeah, you want to go with me? And I actually, I said, well, I'm going, but not with you, I don't think. I said, uh, <laughs> we've got a house up there rented. We're going up there and going to do some media and oh, cool. see some people and, and talk to friends and old friends. And we're going to carry the baby up and, and I mean, all that and have I've, a good time. I've heard so many, like, incredible stories about being down there and just the way the contest has ran from, you know, the, the people who put it together to how they take care of you and then the per, what's like a parade, right, as you yeah, go in. Yeah, parade. I, super cool. I mean, All the know, teams I, do. I look forward to that day, and, and I hope it comes sooner rather than later, but, you know, I'll be thankful if it ever does. No doubt about that. So where do we see you in the future? Uh, you know, I mean, I think you, you'll see us, G Pits. I mean, we're going to continue to, you know, cook in the Memphis Barbecue Network. Um, you know, we, we really love it there. We love the people. We uh, we love we love going whole hog, all hail the curly tail. Um, so, you know, and I think that we kind of have taken it upon ourselves a little bit to, you know, try to carry on the tradition of Memphis cooking, if that makes sense. Um, you know, as, as both of you know, I mean, We've carried that torch. Exactly. And Memphis Barbecue Network's not, you know, not something that's uh, very um, replicable, if you will. There's not a lot of contest organizers out there that will go that extra mile. for, And there's not a lot of places that want to have all that pomp and circumstance come into their town. But Because um, it's know, a full show. It's a full show, whole shooting match. I mean, from Thursday to, to Sunday morning, it's a production, basically. Um, so, you know, I, I think we, we want to continue doing that and continue competing and just being out there and 
hopefully, you know, continue to, you know, motivate the next generation to start coming up and having the confidence to give it a shot because, you know, it, it you know, it could be anybody any Saturday. So, you know, talking about the hog and all that, how many contests y'all plan on cooking next year? Well, we take it we take it season at a time. <laughs> um, right now, we have scheduled for this fall. We're going to try to make at least six contests. So that's a pretty good, pretty good swing. Because as all y'all know, um, and and for everybody, most of Memphis Barbecue Network's contests are from the third week of September to the second week of November. They fit in about. They have about eighteen contests on the books now. I think maybe plus or minus a few, and. Uh, about twelve to fourteen of them are in that span. So yeah. you know you got to kind of get your uh, your your road dog gear ready when when you go that. So we're gonna we're gonna try to do as much as we can. We're making the big trip to Murfreesboro this year. I was about to ask. That's our. Um, I'm not gonna be there, unfortunately. Really? We. This is the first year we're gonna miss it. Believe it or not, there's no way I could get back and get there in time. I don't think we won't be leaving Orlando till that Friday, flying back here. Oh man! We will be doing the Ace Hardware trade show this year. Oh, yeah, I've heard that's a that's a big thing too. Uh, Ace Hardware. Show. I'm going to win a grand championship regardless. <laughs> exactly. So I'm going to Ace Hardware. Exactly, trade show. exactly, exactly. I need I to see those 5,800 vendors. Yeah, 100. percent I don't blame you there one bit. Yeah, but we're we're pumped. I mean, we've done the Galax thing, which is probably my my favorite contest. We went and did that trek down to the Pig Jig. So this is our next. Um, our next totem, our next uh, next little cross off, we're hoping to get. So I gotta ask, are you going back to the jig? Ah, that that one is up in the air right now. If if it's I had to say, haul. if we have a we have a maybe list and we have a yes list, that one's pretty low on the maybe list. Uh, we we depend on. I mean, it's a great contest, and uh, the funniest thing is, uh, it's kind of a running joke on our team because we went down there the first time, and fortunately, we did really well and won grand champion, and. Uh, we always we said at that contest that day after we had double finaled we were like you know what like if we win if we happen to mess around and win grand here we're gonna buy a permanent spot and we're coming back here every year after that so we ended up winning grand champion and we like as we were pulling out of the spot you know the the trailers you know driving through the little lane we were like oh we gotta find a spot well uh, Miss Rhonda was was letting us know the spots that are available, stuff like that, and we kind of just kind of balked on it. So our running joke is like we're scared to go back because we said we were going to do all that, but we haven't done it yet. <laughs> I mean, I know how it is. It is a long trip over to the it pig is. jig. It gets cold at night, uh, you know. But is it? A, it's kind of like one of those contests that's unforgotten. That is one of those contests, not like around here. You go and everybody's got permanent structures that's over there, oh, built yeah. up, and there's people. First year I went, there were people walking around in antebellum dresses and dressed up like Confederate soldiers, and I'm like, what in the hell is going on over here? <laughs> no, it's, it's crazy. I mean, but, it, you know, the more you walked around, it was just different people with different booths dressing up or doing stuff, and it, it was no sort of theme like that. Just every team was doing some wild, crazy stuff. Well, and what's insane is I actually uh, had been there before back in 2010 uh, with Boar's Night Out, so I went down there with them and we cooked. And uh, really cool, you know, thing. We, we had a blast. And it was amazing how we went back, uh, I guess, 11 years later, and uh, nothing had changed. Like, absolutely nothing. Like, you know, there was no, like, I, and, and I mean that in the best possible way, too. Like, 
I'm not saying like it was like dilapidated. What I'm saying is like nothing changed there. Everything was the same. Off that exit, one yeah. gas station on one side of the road, a Loves it. and a McDonald's on the other side. And they finally got that motel back open that was right there beside it when I was there. Um, really? Yeah, they were actually handing out flyers trying to get people to stay there. When we well, were. the other hotel down the road, you know, when I went over, they stole my tailgate, and I was four places from the front door. Really? <laughs> they wanted that F-250 tailgate, yeah. Yeah. Uh, another oh, really funny thing about South Georgia is uh, – the pronunciation of the towns there. So you've got, you know, I think that it's Vienna. It's not Vienna or whatever we would call it up here. And then uh, Cordell. And I don't know how many times as I was walking through there, because, you know, you, you meet teams down there, and that's another cool thing about it is, like, we met this team called Grilling and Chilling, and they were from, like, the Cordell area. And, you know, we're just sitting there talking to them. They introduced us to their authentic Brunswick stew that everybody's got down there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, and uh, you know, just the whole time they were correcting me on how to say all the town's names and stuff like that. And we made sure, you know, at awards that we got them correctly. So. Oh, yeah, that's uh... – it's definitely different. Now, which way did you go down? Did you go down Montgomery Way, or did you go around Talladega and down? We went around Talladega, so we went through Atlanta and then dipped mm-hmm. south. Down. I always go Alabama Way down. Really? And drop down through all the small towns and on the two-lane. It's a nice, peaceful ride. I believe it. Not like Atlanta. Not like Atlanta. Not like going around the nice Atlanta 500. Yeah. Gosh. So it's, are you going to do all the Delta Cooks? So we will be missing uh, pick picking this year. Uh, mm-hmm. This will be the first year since we started that we'll miss it uh, because it's the same weekend as um, Murfreesboro. Oh yeah, so they Murf- do usually have this. Yeah, same. Murfreesboro right. is usually always the same as Ruleville, and yes. that's the reason we've that's never right. been able to go there. Is because one of our co-founders, Blake Gibson, he uh, he's from Ruleville. Family has a lot to do with Ruleville, yeah. so we always make a point that we're going to be there. And uh, but this year it kind of lucked out, and I made an executive decision. We're going to Murfreesboro, and then we went to the cue ball and won a free entry. So that kind of oh, cool. sewed it up. How many years have you been? Uh, this will, like you said, you're not going to make it. But I 2013? Mean, uh, no, no, no. How like how many years straight have you been, and now you're going to miss it? I wonder. Well, you've been at least six years, from what I can see right oh, now. Yeah, over there. <laughs> <laughs> it's been. I mean, we've been more Actually, than eight. That. Eight. Oh, okay. I've won that contest eight times. Six trophies here. One got stolen, and they give Jay Craig one. Yep, I remember you, eight uh, you times. told me about Jay. Yeah, that's incredible. One Spring Fest eight times. That's almost unbelievable. You know what I mean? Like, I just, you know, I, I don't know. You just don't, you know, don't hear that very often. I in, mean, a sh- in a short span of years. Oh, I know. That's what you got to ask yourself. You, you were doubling up with the – because you – did you double up there twice? Only once, once, unfortunately. Yeah, but you I were was just, first and third one time. Got you. Grand got you, and, got like, you. third overall in KCBS. I've uh, done that Murfreesboro, too, a first yeah. and a third overall. Really? And then a, a, a grand and a grand. Yeah. And then Galax, you did. Grand and Reserve. Yeah, Grand and Reserve. Mm. I feel like we say that wrong, too, because sometimes, like, talking about saying towns wrong, like, yeah. is it really Galax? Because I feel like sometimes people from Virginia that I'm talking about, they look at me and they're like, oh, do you mean, and I forget how they say it. So I don't know if I say it wrong or if they, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. That's a good point, though. I know what you're saying. I've heard that before. I've heard it pronounced differently, and I'm like, oh, well, maybe it's just my southern Mississippi way. (laughs) I'm going to be the first to admit I chop up words all the time. Oh, yeah. You don't know how to talk. He doesn't know how to talk. He doesn't spell very well. I mean. Ever since iPhones come out with spell check, dude, (laughs) held a handbag. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I'd blame it on that, too. I can't spell nothing anymore. I can't use it. I mean, I used to do math. (laughs) Yeah. I was a valley victorian for God's sakes. Hey, where, now where, look was at that, me. Was that a, I have to use a calculator and computer every was that, day. Is that a hickory flat? 
Yeah, it was. Nice. Why are you talking about me? <laughs> Not in high school. Yeah, I won that in middle school. Middle school. <laughs> How many were there, like 12 in your class probably? There were actually 31 at that time. Mm-mm-mm. All y'all big school people. I I, went, I graduated with a class of 25 people, so. 25 people. Yep. See, less than me. Yep. You, you was in a private school. I was in a it public was. school. Yep. You know, it's funny, and I'm sure you already know this. You know, I grew up going to Ashland, that area, my whole life. That's where our hunting <laughs> camps were and stuff like that. So that was like a. I know. A Nothing's big, still there. Not even a red light still. Hey, you're, <laughs> you remember that Mexican restaurant, though? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Vividly. All right. So <laughs> I'm glad we brought this up. So Nick used to, Nick's cooked with several people throughout the years and went, you know what I mean? And. And different ones, and different people's cook with him, I guess is a better way to put it, because you was cooking, basically, and Rob Merriam would come cook with you. Yeah, yeah. I no, mean, different me, me ones. You were cooking KCBS events, yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, we did a summer KCBS. We went to Ashland, yep. and there was a Mexican joint that opened up in an old Dollar General location. Yep. The first red flag is it's a Mexican joint in Ashland. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but The best part was, uh, what was it that you ordered that had the sliced cheese on it? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. It was like uh, a rice. Was it chicken cheese and rice? It might have been what There's it was. There's a photo was, somewhere. Yeah. I think it. it was chicken cheese and rice, and the cheese was... Legitimately. Legitimately the cheapest folded American it wasn't slice. Folded. It was knows. just a like a like, like a, a craft single, but it craft probably single. wasn't craft. Yeah, like when they popped it in the microwave, like you know how that stuff really don't melt. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it really just, didn't it oozes. Yeah. It, went around to me. <laughs> it was just a square of yellow cheese at the Ashland Mexican restaurant. Hell of a meal, wouldn't it? Yep. Mm. Welcome to Ashland, Mississippi. Those were good times. And then I remember another time that we went to Nashville. And we were cooking the big event up there, the the double. You remember that, or was it a? Yeah, it was a double. And y'all left the wing on the treader open. Oh, that was. I was not there actually. Oh, you was. You it was Devin, Devin wasn't that it? Was Devin and uh, Devin that and Rob. Devin. Devin. Yep. They ripped the gold wing off the trailer. <laughs> Didn't know what happened to it. Yeah, so on a porch trailer, you got gold wings, right? Closes down. They left one open and blew by a sign, and it bam, <laughs> right off. I remember I getting remember the, the trailer getting back, and we were like, how did this happen? Because like, I wasn't there. I don't remember, remember. Me and John were doing something that weekend, and it was Devin. John Dalton went on that trip, and uh, Rob Marion, and they went and cooked up. Was that – I guess it was. That was the Music City Barbecue Festival. It was the Music No, no, Was no. it Music City? No, it wasn't the Music City. It was one Randall Bowman put on. Gotcha, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. It was, what was that called? Oh, gosh, I don't remember. It was in the Titan Stadium parking lot. Wasn't yeah, it, it was really? in that big parking lot because I remember, like, walking over and talking to them. I don't remember what the contest was called, though. Because that's where I won the golden ticket for dessert there to go to World Food. I don't remember the name of it. I don't either. I wasn't there though. I yeah. want to make that very clear. <laughs> I've done. I've had a lot of screw ups myself, but that's the one I can't claim. <laughs> so, poll last year, how many tires did y'all blow? Uh, you want to do it over under? <laughs> ten. <laughs> it's under that. We, we were ten. we were right at seven. Wow. Seven yeah. tires. Yeah, we blew f- five on the way to Galax. That's Y'all had five flats on the way to Galax? On the way, yeah. So we uh, we had all four tires. Eventually, one of them blew out. We were about probably – we just went over the Tennessee River, actually, uh, on 40, headed you know headed to Galax, and uh, one of the tires blew out, and we were like, 
Dang. So, you know, that first one, we were like a NASCAR pit crew. I mean, we, you know, out, gone, done. I mean, I think in two minutes and 30 seconds, we were back on the road. So we go about, I don't know, I guess we get to Nashville, and I look back, and two two tires are barely holding there. So we pull over, and luckily we uh, we had two trailers going, so we had we actually had three spares at the time. We had two spares on the big trailer, one on the other one. And uh, got that fixed. By the time we almost got to Knoxville, uh, the those two tires shredded, and then another one almost went flat. So uh, we got that changed. I think we went about 30 more miles, got a hotel. And then uh, actually we didn't even make it to Knoxville. We stopped in um, Crossville. Stopped in Crossville for the night. And we were like, the first thing we got to do is go find find a tire place. So we got up that morning, went and went and got uh, six brand new tires. And then the funniest story about all of this is this weekend will be the first time we've used that trailer since then. <laughs> really? Yep. Which trailer was it? The, the silver, silver one. Yeah. Silver that, that trailer has had some. Uh, but I'm going to tell you something. If you blow those tires, I can see why. Because when I seen it at Spring Fest, it looked pretty rough. It had like. Two matching wheels and two not matching wheels. Yeah, well. Has it got all matching wheels on it now? Uh, Yeah, it does, actually. Yes. Yeah. I think. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> so, you know, before wrapping up today, you got to tell me, what is the best story you've got in barbecue that's happened to you or your team so far since been cooking? Because everybody's got that one story or that one thing that's always happened. So, uh, let me preface this is – you know, being around barbecue as long as I have, I have a lot of crazy stories. <laughs> I'm I mean, probably in a couple. Of I them. mean, a more than a few. Oh, absolutely. Um, thinking about uh, when we cooked in Marietta, Georgia, that time in the Jaeger machine. I don't know if you remember that. That was a good one too. Oh, when we got it from the bar. <laughs> yeah, the Jaeger machine yeah. the bar. <laughs> yeah, that was. A good uh, one. But no, probably for G Pits was. So we talked about our first contest was Cleveland Oktoberfest. Well, we were all gung-ho, right, ready to get after it. You know, we're, we're going to start cooking contests. Well, once again, uh, the, the COVID pandemic hit. So all the contests got canceled that year. So we kind of like didn't – I mean, it's not that we didn't want to cook. It just kind of died real fast. So we decided Water Valley, Mississippi, which is coming up here pretty soon this weekend, was going to be our first cook back out. And um, a, a guy, Ross Capwell, who's one of the mentors of G Pits, he – he kind of helped push us getting it back into it, and he was a big help and big supporter. But anyway, we uh, we cooked the contest, and in G Pitts fashion, we had a really really good time Friday night. I mean, I had a blast. I mean, we is I mean the many beers consumed because it's so hot outside, right? Uh, Got to stay hydrated. So that contest is miserable. So we hot. just we just drank a lot of beer because we figured that would keep us hydrated. So anyway, so I ended up taking a little nap in my truck with all the windows down. And at some point, we had all uh, ended up pulling our vehicles around the, the trailer and we're all parked and everybody was sleeping in their own trucks, like feet hanging out, everything. Just It was a sight for somebody to walk up at probably 6 o'clock in the morning and see this. Um, may or may not have had somebody walk around with just an apron on. Uh, may or may not have, uh, have some gave somebody some white wall tires because they didn't have any. Uh, and we thought it'd be cool, or somebody thought it would be cool. Painted them on it? Yeah, <laughs> with spray paint. But anyway, the funniest of all was I had just, just woken up, was checking the fires, checked the hog cooker, everything was on track. I look up, and I see a pan sitting. We used to have a – we'd have a, a 
cooker on the back of the enclosed trailer, and that's where we cooked our shoulders and butts. And I had a little table right there beside it to so keep my base and aluminum foil, anything I needed, you know, to make yeah. sure it happened. I had all that. So there was a pan sitting right there, and I, from the level, I couldn't see if there was anything in it. I'm like, why is that sitting there? And then as I'm, like, waking up and, like, rubbing my eyes, I look up, and the cooker is open. So I'm like, what is going on? So I walk up there. In the middle of the night, uh, it continues to remain anonymous. Nobody has came forward. If anybody you know, wants to come forward or has any information on this, please reach out to me as soon as possible. At any time, nobody. Somebody had pulled the whole shoulder off the cooker and I guess gotten a little hungry because they had just started pulling the bark off the top of it and eating and nibbling on it and decided to just go to sleep and, you know, just left it out there. So uh, needless to say, we did not get a call in uh, pulled pork that day. Yeah, it didn't get done, right? Did not get done. <laughs> so did the cooker get hot and all that? Was it a backwoods thing? No, uh, it was old hickory. Old hickory. Yep. Wow. Yep. That's, that is a very hot contest. We, uh, oh, gosh. But it's a great contest, the Watermelon Festival. It is. And they, uh, you know, it's almost amazing. And I, I guess the reason it's because the Watermelon Festival, because it's in August. I'm not sure. I'm not a, uh, uh, I don't have a green thumb. Watermelon yeah, professional. Watermelon professional. But, um, <laughs> Gosh, if they could pick a little bit better date, I think everybody would enjoy it a little bit more. So it's usually miserably hot, and then it usually storms really bad. Yep. <laughs> yes, it does, actually. I mean, that's, that's like the, the typical watermelon festival experience, yep. Yep. I feel like. Were you all there the year our awning got ripped yes, off the trailer? Yes, we were right yeah. next to y'all. Yeah. Yeah. I think I won that contest. You did. You did. Yeah, we were right next to y'all. I remember that. I think I won it two or three times. Yep. Go see the pickle man. Yeah, if you're there. Mickey's Pickles. Is it, he was like a college professor, right? Yep. I've heard this story. Walks yeah. around barefoot. Yep. yep. Stoner. That's him. Yep. Yep. College professor Stoner. Um, I mean, my aunt and uncle have been going there for like 20 years to this carnival. Because like, mm-hmm. they swear by the vendors. They say some of the best vendors yeah. at, a, at a festival a always festival. Come, come to Water Valley. I've got – and has nothing to do with myself or our team cooking it this week. i got family from like all over the south coming to this thing. But they've been coming for years. I just happened to be in that back parking lot cooking barbecue while they're they out there. Well, they never knew. We, we have, have friends, friends that yeah. go every year, too, that never were there to see us. But it was always like they would see us. And every year they'd come over because that was like their family tradition. They Their family oh, wow. goes mm-hmm. to the Watermelon Festival every year. They've been doing it for years. Mm-hmm. Great. Great booth. Man, those pickles. I'm about out of them. Well... I feel like he wasn't there last year. Or Austin said he wasn't he there. He wasn't there. So. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. I'm not a pickle person, so um, that, that completely eliminates me from uh, this conversation. Is Austin going to cook this weekend as well? He's not, actually. I think he has to work or he something. Does. He does. He's out, out of town. town for work. Yeah, he said he would get back like Thursday right. evening and just couldn't okay. bring yeah. it together. Which is crazy because he's been cooking that contest for a while, too. He has. Um, he loves the Delta contest like everybody. Yep. I mean, I wish we had the time to cook them now with everything. The only one that I may get to go cook this year is the Bolivar Contest. Are you going to go cook it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Can't miss that money. That's not but about 20 minutes from my farm, and I think we may go up there and just cook a rib only. That's not Delta. No, not in the Delta. That's, that's But it's a contest. Yeah, Late it's October. Contest. Yeah. I think it's a weekend after the Jack. Uh, two weekends, I think. I know it. it's just going to be a pop-up tent. It's – um. It's the week after Arlington. I think, and I could be, I could have just said something completely incorrect. I believe that the Jack is the same weekend as Oktoberfest this year. 
which Oktoberfest is actually a week later than it typically is this year, too. I think a lot of contests are that way, right? Yeah. Shifted down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of them are. Well, Nick, I appreciate you coming on today and uh, and shooting the cue with us and having a cold beer. And, um, you know, I know a lot of people may not know you out here like we do, uh, but I know you've got a long career in barbecue ahead of you, and I'm glad that I can, we can call you a friend and have known you as long as we have because I've seen you come a long way, and I think you've seen me come a long way too. I think we all have, and it's uh, an incredible opportunity to talk to you all and, and, you know, continue, you know, shooting the cue and, and you know, talking, reminiscing because that's one of my favorite things about barbecue is the stories, right? And, you know, I don't know. We can sit here and tell stories, swap stories all day long. All funny day long. stuff has happened. Exactly. Contest, some of those we, we don't want at. recorded. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Some of them we can't have recorded. That was pretty bad. <laughs> and Nick, always, man, I appreciate you coming on. But before we go, we got a few mailbag questions. All right. What do you do with all the leftover racks of ribs when you're practicing for competitions? Well, we really don't have that many leftover racks after everybody kind of tastes the flavor profiles that we're testing. Or if I have any left, you know, I always the neighbors get them, your parents get them, my mom gets them, or either the police department gets them. That's true. That's about four ways where they go. Uh, and a lot of times, some of the police officers and firefighters get them. Yeah. I mean, honestly, a lot. If I cook a whole lot, I do drop off at fire stations. What's a sauce or a rub that you love to make for the consumer, but the raw materials just cost too much to mass produce? I've worked with so many different types of raw flavors and ingredients. It really, you know, when you get up over a certain amount, there's not, you take all the profit margin out of stuff. So it kind of depends on the types of peppers you put in and all that. I would love to be able to use more exotic peppers and exotic flavors, but it drives the cost up so much I have to really watch what I'm sourcing in order if we're going to scale a rub up or not. If I'm releasing just a small bit, yeah, it don't matter. But if you're going to release it to the masses, you need to be able to make sure you can they can produce the, the spices or whatever it is yeah. that you need. For KCBS ribs, brine, inject, or both? If brining, how long do you soak using your brine mix? I usually go somewhere between two and four hours if I'm brining. It does not hurt to go longer than that. What I have noticed, though, I have brined and injected. I can't tell a huge difference, so I would say do one or the other. But it's completely personal preference, and it also boils back to the type of ribs you're cooking, too. We cook Prairie Fresh Primes, uh, you know, which is a really high-grade product, cooks very well. But there are some other people out there that produce ribs that are really good ribs, too. You just got to find what works for you in your region. I feel like this question comes up a lot. I know you've answered it, but maybe not lately, um, about butter bath. Um, basically, if they mix it in advance with water, does it need to be refrigerated or is it okay sitting out? Um, they basically said they're hoping to pre-mix it. However, they always run out of room in the refrigerator. I would honestly say it would need to be in the refrigerator simply yeah. because it has milk powder in it, uh, you know, to make the butter and stuff so... Yes, I would refrigerate it, and I wouldn't use it up to seven days in the refrigerator, no problem. Now, when you do put it in the fridge, it is going to thicken up, so keep that in mind. Yeah. With the xanthan gum in it, used as a thickener, it is going to thicken up, so just remember that. All right, last question. What's your opinion of reverse flow smokers? Reverse flow smokers are great.
Reverse smoke. Reverse smokers are great. Reverse flow smokers. Reverse flow smokers are great. Let's try this again. Reverse flow. Reverse flow smokers are great. You know, in my opinion, there's really two types of reverse flow smokers that are great. I'm going to stutter on that for a moment. Say it ten times. Reverse flow smoker, reverse flow smoker, reverse flow smoker. I ain't saying it no ten times. All right, but there are two types of reverse flow smokers out there that are really good. And I'm going to give my good buddy, of course, Lonnie at Bubba Grills. Uh, you know, Lonnie has really got everything figured out with his airflow. He builds a quality pit. And then you've got to give it to Ben Lang with Lang Grills. Both of them are great reverse flow smokers and Either one will be a great choice. All right. Well, that's the last question. Um, you want to talk about the recipe coming out this week? Yeah. You know, I cooked uh, Japanese-inspired tomahawk pork chop. Uh, Kevin Green sent us some pork chops. I think he sent me and Malcolm, honestly, two identical boxes, and I think Malcolm cooked all of his stuff at once, and mine was still frozen. So I kind of started working on some of my beef and got the pork chops out, and I cooked on a Weber grill – and I kept it simple. I seasoned with my simple citrus. And I'm friends with uh, one of the Kinder founders, believe it or not. Uh, and I seen their Japanese-inspired barbecue sauce that they come out with at Kroger. And so I picked up a bottle. And I can tell you, I really like it. It's really good. It's a good Asian-style sauce. And so I tried it on the pork chop. And I can tell you, it was great. It worked very well with the W sauce that we kind of smeared on the pork chop before we seasoned it. Uh, but I love the Asian flair and zing that that Kinder's barbecue sauce gives everything. Really liked it. And, uh, you know, we tried to cook that thing a good medium rare, and it was perfect pork chop. What did you think about it when we ate it? Well, you know, I I like pork, but I don't like – it's not my favorite anymore. I feel like I'm to the point of it, – it's good. It's just not my favorite. But it, it was good. I do like – you know, I like the, when you take an Asian flair, kind of like you're saying, too, to make it different. It's not the same, just barbecue. So that makes it different. So, Well, you never good. like barbecue pork chops anymore. I've kind of burnt you out, I guess. It's just and pork like, in general, I feel like. I mean, we've been together for 15 years, and I've been eating ribs and shoulder and hog. And, I mean, how much pork can you really eat? But also, I did want to add, you did say Kevin Green, but just in case anybody is watching that isn't familiar with Kevin, that's the butcher shop in Pensacola, Florida. Um, he ships all over for anybody interested. I just wanted to Just reach that. out to him, and he'll take care of you. He does he real will. well. He will. We actually visited there recently. We we barely missed him, though. I know. We got some of the good Japanese beef from him. It was real good, that Wagyu. It was. Well, look, we're out of time today. Appreciate Nick for coming on and joining us today. Answered a lot of questions, finding out about him and the great pig in the sky. Remember, if you like tuning in and watching us, we'll be back next week with another podcast. Be sure to keep your fires hot and your beers cold. We'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to the Shooting the Cue podcast. If you have any comments or suggestions for future episodes, please feel free to reach out to us on our social media channels or through our website. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. Leave us a review if you enjoyed the show. Until next time, keep shooting the cue.